stand for the reading of the Word of God. I like to stand to honor the, the Word. And I want to say quickly, how many of you are aware that we're in a spiritual warfare in this country? That what is happening is not just natural. There's stuff going on behind the veil, behind the curtain, behind the scenes that you can't see. But it's there. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. We're in a very, very intense spiritual warfare. And guess what? Some Christians are going to make it through it, and some are going to faint. I don't want anybody in here to faint. Now, when I say faint, I mean you kind of give up. You, you put up the white flag. You get out of church. You quit praying. You just kind of expire on the inside. That's never the will of God for a believer. Never. No. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. But here's the thing. We have to understand how to stay strong in sinking times. How do you stay strong in a sinking nation? How do you stay strong on the inside? So I'm going to talk to you about the most important part of you, and that is your inner man, the inside of you, your spirit man. That's the most important part of you. The title of my message, A Strong Inner Man. Ephesians 3.14. Paul's praying for the Ephesian church. I want you to look at what he prays. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you. Now, look at what he wants granted to all of us. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit, where everybody? In the inner man. Strengthened with might in your inner man. We're so intent in America on building up your body, but I've seen great big muscular people faint in life. What you really want muscular is your inner man. He goes on, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints the width, length, height, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. But I'm homing in on those ten words, strengthen with might through his spirit in the inner man. Thank you, Father, for your word today. Strengthen us, Lord, in our inner man. Help us to be a people that can go through a lot and still stand. Thank you, Lord, for the word becoming alive. Ears to hear, eyes to see. Thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, strong in your inner man. Now, I want you to remember what Paul, by the Spirit of God, prophesied about the days we live in. He said to Timothy, Timothy, remember this. There are some terrible, perilous, stressful times coming in the last days. Now, that little last days phrase means the last of the last days. 
the last of the last days. In the last of the last days, he's saying there's going to be some terrible times, some, some perilous and highly stressful times. And it's not going to be easy to be a Christian. And that's what he's telling him. And he's saying, Timothy, I want to remind you, the Spirit of God has expressly told me, expressly, no shadow of a doubt, the Spirit of God is testifying to my heart that in the last of the last days, it's going to be very difficult to be a believer, but not impossible. Just difficult, challenging. And in Paul's day, it was very perilous to be a Christian. Any day you woke up might have been your last day. People were being martyred all the time in Rome. Families torn apart. In prison, people were being in prison. Spouses being torn apart. It was very risky to be a Christian. But Paul says, I'm looking down the tunnel of time to the last of the last days. And it's going to be the same kind of thing. And, and that shouldn't shock us. You look at the Middle East now. You look at Israel now. You look at this terrible, incomprehensibly horrific war going on. Children being slaughtered. Families torn apart. Teenagers mowed down. And you hear these terrorists saying, we want two kinds of people, Jewish and Christian. Well, that doesn't make me afraid because I trust the sovereignty of God. But we need to look at it and realize that we're in a perilous moment in history. And so how are you going to get through it? Even if it were to grow worse, how are you going to get through it? I'm going to tell you today, you're going to get through it or you're not going to get through it. Based on the condition of your inner man. I'm going to show you that in just a moment. That's why I'm talking about staying strong in a sinking world. We're in a sinking world. Our own nation has gone completely stark raving crazy on many levels, morality issues, many levels. And so all these things work on you and me. We feel them every day. You may not think you do, but you do. You feel them. You carry them. It soaks in to your, your psyche, your, your awareness. And, and so the, the days are here when everybody that names the name of Christ must know how to stay strong in a sinking world. Strong in here. So for next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about four keys to staying strong in a sinking world. And the first one today is keeping your inner man strong. Now, I want to just point out some verses to you. Luke 180, uh, Luke describes the boyhood of John the Baptist. And he, and he summarizes John the Baptist's boyhood in one sentence, the child grew and became strong, where? In spirit. Then he summarizes the life of our Lord. And he says, he says, the child grew and became strong in spirit. Now, of all the things the Word of God could have pointed out about the boyhood, the hidden years of those two, because anything we have is very, very sketchy. You know, Jesus uh, hung around 
uh, and his parents lost him when he was 12 years old, and he was in Jerusalem talking to all the doctors and blowing them away with his wisdom. We have that little glimpse into his boyhood. But the boyhood of John the Baptist and of Jesus is called the hidden years because we know so little. But here's what we do know. They grew strong in their spirit. They grew strong in their inner man. In other words, they grew spiritually. They grew strong, muscular, Herculean in their inner man where it really counts. So of all the things the Holy Ghost could have pointed out about them, he points out that, the most important thing about them, the condition of their inner man. So I want to just point out how Paul identified a part of you and me as the inner man. All right? He prayed that the church would be, quote, strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. So the Bible teaches that we human beings are triune. We are three-part. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. The body houses our soul and spirit. When the soul and spirit are gone, the body is dead. But right now, Peter calls our bodies a tent. Okay? We're just, it's just the way we get around. Then the soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. Soul, the Greek suke, it, it means you, your psychology, your mind, your will and your emotions, how you calculate, how you think, your personality. All of that is wrapped up in your soul. But your spirit is the very core of your being. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole, watch him divide you and me up now, your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are triune. We are tripart. I'm talking to a tripart people right now. And you're listening to a tripart guy. Right? Now, let's learn a couple of things about the spirit, the inner man, because that's my focus today. Here you go. First, when God created Adam, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and then he became a living person. So the breath of life from God is the spirit within a person. Job 32, verse 8 says, It is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. So the breath of the Almighty is in you and me. And when he chooses, he just withdraws it. And you fly away. Amen? Now the Bible teaches this about the inner man. Very important. Before salvation... You were dead in your transgressions and sins. Dead where? Dead in your inner man. You were dead in your spirit man. Your body was functioning. Your mind was functioning. You had a life. You know, you made money. You had a family maybe. You were doing life. But the truth of the matter is, you and I were dead people walking until we got saved. Because our inner man was dead. The life force in us, the, the, the breath in us, the inner core of us was dead. 
and sin is what killed it. The wages of sin is death. Death where? Well, ultimately, your body will die, which was never God's will. But meanwhile, your spirit man is dead in trespasses and sins. Sin has a payday, and and the payday, sin hands you a paycheck, the wage. So you give your life to sin, sin hands you a paycheck one day, and the paycheck is death. Ain't that great? I don't want that paycheck. Amen? But the good news is, here's good news, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Well, where were we made alive? Where? In the inner man. The inner man, the breath, the spirit in you, the the essence of you was made alive. So literally, when you and I got saved, we experienced the greatest miracle available to mankind because here's why. Your spirit that was dead was resurrected to life when you called on Jesus to be saved. You get that now. Your, your, your spirit man was dead as a hammer. As a matter of fact, the Greek word for dead here is the same as describing a dead corpse in the Greek language. Necros, dead. You were dead. Not just a little bit dead, not kind of dead, not figuratively dead, not metaphorically dead, but you were truly dead. And when you said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins... The Spirit of God came into you, and life was breathed, the breath of God. The Holy Ghost was breathed onto your dead inner man, and your inner man was raised to life. He made us alive. He made us alive. Everybody say with me, I'm alive. And again, where do you make us alive? In our inner man. This is why Jesus said to Nicodemus, I solemnly say to you, if a person, unless a person is reborn from above, He will never see the kingdom of God. Reborn where? Reborn in the inner man. You got to be born once you're dead, born twice you're saved. Born once you're lost, born twice you're found. Born once you're hell bound, born twice you're heaven bound. You must be born again. Rehabilitation changes you from the outside in, but transformation changes you from the inside out. God goes into you. Salvation is an inside job. It's not learning a bunch of rules and regulations. It's an inside job. It is something God does on the inside where you are truly a new creation. Once we are newly saved and have come to Christ, catch this. Our our made alive spirit man is literally joined to the Lord. But he who is joined to the Lord, 1 Corinthians 6, 17... He who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. One spirit. His spirit and your spirit become one. That's why. How are you going to escape God? Everywhere you wind up, he's there with you. Right? So once we're saved, it's our inner man that the Holy Spirit communicates with. He, he, he communicates to your inner man, your spirit man. Like when you're walking along and doing life and all of a sudden you feel an inner check about something. Something checks you on the inside. And you have this nudge 
from deep within. And the nudge says, don't say that. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't fellowship with that. Don't touch that. Watch out. There's this check. That's the Holy Ghost communicating with your inner man. As a Christian, you may sometimes feel grieved on the inside, and you don't know why. Well, that could be the Holy Spirit communicating with your spirit to warn you or to correct you. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He's a part of you now, and you're a part of Him. I am my beloved's, and He is mine. We're joined together for eternity. Our spirits are joined. Jesus, just before Judas betrayed him, it says Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, I tell you, somebody's gonna, one of you is going to betray me. While Paul was waiting in Athens, he was deeply disturbed, where? In his spirit to see that the city was full of idols. So what grieved God grieved him because the spirit and his spirit are one. So sometimes you'll get grieved over something in somebody's life or your own life, and that's God telling you the, the reason you're feeling grieved is because I'm grieved. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. The, the inner man is that part of us that communes with God. May the Lord, I, I, this verse amazes me, 2 Timothy 4.22, may the Lord be with your spirit. May he be with your spirit. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Did you catch that? Literally, the Holy Spirit is in us where we can fellowship with him, commune with him, talk with him, relate with him, walk with him, talk with him. He's there, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You know, you fellowship with your friends. Literally, this is telling us that the Holy Spirit wants to fellowship with us. Wow. Amen. Now let me tell you why this matters so much. Let me just bring it home. Here's why the inner man really matters. Because as your inner man goes, so go you. Did you catch that? As your inner man goes, so go you. So goes the rest of your life. As your inner man goes, so goes your life. And every part of your life. How many of you uh, like Westerns? Oh, ten of you. Okay. But we've all seen Westerns. The old Westerns were that stagecoach. Stagecoach, it's usually uh, got women and children in it, and almost always a pregnant woman is in the stagecoach that's being chased by Indians. And they're barreling down some rocky, rough, bumpy road. And, you know, the whole thing is, are they going to make it or are they not? And you remember that on every stagecoach there's a wooden wheel. They have those wooden wheels, those old-timey wooden wheels. Now, let me show you something important. Watch this. With every one of those wooden wheels, it, it has at its center a hub, the hub of the wheel. It's a wooden hub. And from that hub comes the spokes. The spokes come out of the hub. And the spokes, maybe six of them, eight of them, ten of them, whatever, they go into the wheel that, itself. And so... All those spokes are connected to the hub, and the spokes are also connected to the wheel that holds up the stagecoach. The hub is the central part of the wheel. If the hub cracks, 
or wears down or is somehow set in, on fire in a battle. Before long at all, every spoke is affected, every one of them. The entire wheel soon collapses if the hub goes bad. If the hub goes bad, the spokes are all affected, every one of them, and therefore the whole wheel is affected. And if something's not done, the wheel will collapse and followed by that, the whole stagecoach. Your inner man is your hub. Your inner man is the hub of your life. If that hub gets weak, cracked, neglected, whatever, then every spoke, and the spokes are all the issues of life, finances, relationships, morality, your walk with God, spiritual victory, all the spokes, all of the issues that comprise your life are connected to that hub. And if the hub goes bad, the spokes go bad, if they go bad, the wheel goes bad. If the wheel goes bad, the whole stagecoach collapses. So how important is the hub? How important is it that our inner life is kept strong? And I'm talking about strong, baby. All right, take your spiritual vitamins. I'm talking strong. Now, I want you to notice something. 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul has been in the midst of terrible trials, trials that you and I will likely never experience. But look at what he says. Therefore, we don't lose heart. We don't lose heart. No matter what's happening around us, we don't lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, everybody say, I know that's right. I looked in the mirror this morning. Come on. The outward man is But look what he says. Why did they not lose heart? How did they avoid losing heart? The inward man is being renewed day by day. That's how they didn't lose heart. That's how they stayed strong in a sinking world. The inward man was being renewed day by day. So Paul is giving us the key. He's saying, if you don't want to faint, put up the white flag, walk away, lose your walk with God, get out of prayer, and your, your spiritual life goes sideways. What you do is you be, you be sure that every day, every day, your inner man is fed and strengthened. Every day. That's the most important thing. Before you go to the gym, go to the secret place. Get your spirit man strong, then go work out. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. What sustains you in sickness? The spirit of a man. Your inner man sustains you even in sickness. But, a, but who can bear? Who can live under a broken spirit? Who can endure? In other words, you can't stand up with a broken spirit. You, you can't get by in life with a broken spirit. You're going to be dragging around, bleeding on the inside all the time. A crushed spirit, another proverb says, dries up the bones. It's so important that our inner man is strong. Jesus grew up the inner man strong. John the Baptist, they grew up strong, mighty in spirit. So how's it done? How do you keep it strong? I'm going to give you two quick things. 
First, you've got to realize it's your responsibility. I want you to say with me, it's my responsibility. Because I can be here on a Sunday, but I can't be there on Monday when you wake up and you've got a choice between good morning America or good morning Jesus. Please don't listen to good morning America. Say hello to Jesus right off the bat. Amen. It's your responsibility. Here's the truth of spiritual life. God lights the candle, but we're called to keep it burning. That's just the way that it is. Every day we feed our bodies what they need to stay alive and healthy. Every day. But what about our spirit man? Do we be sure that our spirit man is being well fed? So here's my second thing, and I'm going to close. You've got to feed your inner man with the right food. Your inner man requires supernatural God meals, all right? You can go to McDonald's and get a happy meal, or you can go to the Bible and get a God meal, and it turns out the God meals make you happy. And the happy meals don't make you happy, especially if you do two weeks in a row and get on the scales. Happy meals don't make you happy, but God meals make you happy, all right? So you got to be sure you're feeding every day because he said it's renewed day by day. You got to be sure you're feeding every day your inner man with the good things of God. So are you feeding the inner man spiritual junk food, spiritual fast food burgers and fries? Are you feeding on social media primarily, Facebook gossip, Netflix binging, watching 30 Netflix shows in a week? Romance novels, all kinds of worldly input. Is that what you're feeding your soul with? Because, listen, your eye gate and your ear gates are the ways in which the inner man is fed. With your eye gate and your ear gate. So what are you looking at and what are you listening to? Because we need to be looking at and listening to what comes from heaven. If you be dead with Christ, seek those things that, or if you be raised with Christ, seek those things that are above, not the things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. Listen again to Paul's prayer for the church. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, how is your, what is your inner man fed with? Whatever comes from God's glorious unlimited resources. He will give you, through them, mighty inner strength through the Holy Spirit. I think of Elijah when he had brought the whole nation to its knees. All of Israel had repented. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. It was Elijah's great day, his greatest day. He, he executed capital punishment, 400 prophets of Baal. But then one woman says, I'm coming after you. Her name was Jezebel. She was a sweetheart. And she said, I'm coming after you. And if, and if you're not like one of them by tomorrow night, one of the prophets of Baal you killed, you're going to be like one of them by tomorrow night. And Elijah ran. He, he went way into the wilderness, got under a tree, and said to God, he prayed a prayer, I'm not going to take my life, but I'm asking you to do it for me. And he fell asleep. Now watch this. In his darkest hour, an angel visited him with the first angel food cake. It says it was a cake baked on coals. Ooh, I would love to taste that cake. And listen to what the angel said. Arise and eat, 
Now, church, please catch this because the journey's too great for you. I'm giving you supernatural food here, Elijah, because you don't know it, but you're about to travel 40 days and 40 nights on one meal. I ran the numbers, 250 miles through valleys and mountain ranges alone. He said, so I want you to eat this supernatural food from an angel because it's going to carry you where you couldn't carry yourself. Now, let me tell you something about you and me. The journey's too great for you. The journey's too great for me. We got devils coming at us. We got a world going crazy. We got wars everywhere. We got all kinds of things coming against our peace and our joy and our spirit, man. So we've got to be strong. We've got to eat angel food. This. You got to eat angel food. Here it is. The word of God. You got to feed on it every day. You know why? Because the journey is too great for you. There's going to be things coming at you you can't handle on your own. You're not ready for on your own. And let me tell you something. Life will give you more than you can bear. But it won't give you more than he can bear. It won't give you more than he can bear. But you've got to stay hooked up to the vine. He that abides in the vine, abide in the vine. And, and, and listen, you are the branches, I'm the vine. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. You've got to stay hooked up to, connected to the vine every day. What is in the vine will flow into you every day. The deliverance of the vine, the healing of the vine, the strength of the vine, the encouragement of the vine, the wisdom of the vine, the power of the vine. What is in the vine will flow into you. Like newborn babies, you should long for, strain after, desire greatly, have affection for, crave, get an appetite for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may be nurtured and grow. Can we stand? Say, well, Jeff, I open up that Bible, I don't get anything out of it. It's an acquired taste. It is an acquired taste. Why I get into it, it doesn't make sense to me. Pray that the Holy Spirit will open it up to you because the Holy Spirit is your teacher, and he will teach you the word. You say, well, I read a verse a day to keep the devil away. A verse a day isn't going to keep the devil away. How about a chapter a day? How about a few chapters a day? How about opening up the book of John and doing a couple of chapters a day with a pen? Paper never forgets. Let your Bible know you were there. Write on it. It's not too sacred. And date it. 1029 or 1022, I read my Bible. One of the verses jumped at me. I wrote down what it, what it said to me, and I dated it. And next year, here you are going through your Bible. You say, wow, a year ago on this date. That verse was ministered to me by the Holy Spirit and said that to me. And your diary or your Bible becomes a diary. It becomes a diary. Lift your hands to the Lord, can we?
Father, how we need the inner man to be strong. Lord, the journey's too far for us. We have too far to go. Only you know how far we have to go. Elijah didn't know till he did it. And we're not going to know till we do it either. But we know that, Lord, that we're going to encounter things that we can't encounter alone in our own strength. We need that angel food. We need that supernatural word to strengthen us for the journey. Let's pray together as a church family. Say, Lord, I'm asking you, help me to keep my inner man strong. Help me to discipline my life to the level it brings me to the water of the word every day. I receive this word for me today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want to let the Holy Spirit just touch you right now. He's there. He's having a moment with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think we need to have a just a moment of surrender. You know, I surrender to the Lord all the time. I re-surrender. Let's just sing it right now. I surrender all. And give, Lord, your problems. Give him every weight, every care. And just surrender and say, Lord, I want my inner man to grow strong. I surrender. Let's sing it, everybody. All to thee. I'm going to ask my life leaders to come down to the front. Would you, as we sing, life leaders, come down. Maybe you need prayer today. You need prayer today. I want to encourage you to slip out and just come and take the hand of one of these life leaders and pray and agree with them. Let them agree with you. Sing it again, everybody. I surrender all. Let's sing it like we mean it. Yes, oh God. back to Jesus. Now's the time to come down. If you prayed with me to come back to Jesus, come down right now. Grab the hands of one of these folks. Thank you, Lord. Come on, dear. Right here. We're going to sing it one more time, and then we're going to dismiss. Come on, everybody, sing it. If you gave your heart to Jesus, come down now and tell them.
Amen. If you need this today, give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you, Lord.